You know, Jess, we're both really good looking. And I think we're super cool. Welcome to Sure Jan. The musical theater podcast with Jess and Dan. The how are you doing? I'm doing so well. How are you? Good. It has been uh, it's been a day. Um, it's been very cold in Columbus the past couple days. It has yes. been below freezing for probably more than a week now at this yeah. point. Um, my brakes are making a very scary sound on my car, and I'm going to attribute it to the cold and not the fact that I probably need to replace my brake pads. So you know, there's that. I love that for you. Thank you very much. Um, okay, Jess, we're having we have a slightly different way of going about our podcast today so the last episode we talked about bandstand which was great um we talked about uh i I said the next one they want to talk about is last five years and in keeping with the theme of time uh i thought it'd be really because that's obviously a major theme in this musical and you know we are notoriously long-winded in this podcast yeah um i thought i said why don't we challenge ourselves to talk about a show for under an hour so i'm very excited about that oh you know what we didn't even we got into this really really quickly um so let's do this jessica what show are we talking about today we're talking about the last five years The way that we're going to do this is once we start the timer, which has not started yet, uh, we are going to, I'll talk about the the, the facts and figures. Um, You're going to give a brief synopsis of the show. And then one thing that you asked both of us to do at the end of the last episode is to decide very confidently, are we team Jamie or team Kathy and why? And that is something that we've decided we're going to reveal at the beginning. So as we're talking about the show in a non-linear way, um, uh, which you can't really talk about the show in a linear way. I guess you could talk about the show in a linear way. But anyway, um, we can use that to uh, defend ourselves if we so feel. Okay. So, are you ready to start the timer? Oh, I'm so ready. Okay, great. The timer for 60 minutes is going to start. Now, okay. So, The Last Five Years um, had its original out-of-town tryout. Well, first of all, The Last Five Years is a musical by Jason Robert Brown. Yeah. Music and lyrics. Um, and at this point in his career, the only musical that he had that was, like, big and known was Parade. But I would say that this is one of the shows that he's most known for yeah. in his career, despite the fact that it never opened on Broadway. It's always been off-Broadway. Um, and so, I had an out-of-town tryout in 2001 in Chicago before September 11th. Um, and that starred Norbert Leo Butts as Jamie, but do you know who it starred as Kathy? No. Lauren Kennedy. Isn't that <gasps> we fascinating? Love Lauren Kennedy. Who was the first person we ever interviewed on this yeah. podcast? Yes, Lauren was the original, original Kathy. That's awesome. Yeah, in Chicago in 2001. So then in 2002, after September 11th, 
Um, it moved off Broadway, and Lauren was not able to do it because she had a contract for some show in London. I don't remember what show it was, uh, but then that's when Sherry was brought in. Um, and so that show, it only ran for two months. It only ran from March to May, so not a long run, but particularly well-known and nominated for a ton of Drama Desk Awards, for which it won Outstanding Music and Lyrics, and it was also nominated for an Outer Critics Circle for uh, Best off broadway Musical, nice. but it did not win. I don't remember what won that year. Um, then in 2013, it had an off-Broadway revival with Adam Cantor and Betsy Wolf, yeah. and uh, we know Betsy Wolf from uh, Falsettos, and we know her from Waitress and yeah. uh, the Mystery of Edwin Drood. Um, and Jason Robert Brown directed that production. Um, and then in 2015, it was turned into a feature film starring Anna Kendrick and Jeremy Jordan in their roles, respectively. Um, we both have feelings about the film. Yes. I saw it once a couple years ago, and then I watched it again today. Nice. Um, so. So I, I have more thoughts about the yeah. film, but you and I also watched the um, off-Broadway bootleg. Yeah, so we of have the original cast. Of the original cast, yes, correct. So we have seen both of those, and I'm sure we've both seen videos of other people yeah. doing it here and there. Um, yeah, I'm much more familiar with the movie than I think you are. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, so um, give us a synopsis, and then I want to ask you how you first heard about the show. Yeah. Um, so, brief synopsis. The last five years is about the five-year relationship of Kathy and Jamie. Yeah. Jamie is a blooming, soaring new young writer, um, mm-hmm. and Kathy is a struggling actress. Um, the thing that makes this show particularly interesting is um, we see the show from both perspectives. Mm-hmm. We see the show through Jamie's eyes chronologically, um, where they first meet, and then they um, move in together, and like things are exciting and they get married and then eventually um i don't know that this is a spoiler because you find this out in the first song yeah but um eventually they get divorced and they separate yes um and then we from kathy's point point of view we start at the end of their relationship so the very first song in the show is right after they've kind of like broken it off and they're separated um and the last song in the show is sort of the meeting slash it's kind of like a hybrid mm-hmm. like end of the relationship beginning of the relationship mm-hmm. and there's one point in the show it's all solos mm-hmm. um, and there's one point in the show right in the middle when they get married where they sing a duet mm-hmm. with the exception of like the finale is like a little different it's um, the only time the two characters acknowledge each other's presence on, on stage. stage yes um, depending on how it's staged and things um, the movie is like a very good example of like not staged in that way mm-hmm. there are scenes they are certainly interacting with each other yeah. um, the scenes are just cut between the Kathy and Jamie perspectives. Yeah. Um, in the stage show, often either the whoever is singing is talking to the audience or talking to someone that's not there or um, that uh, the other actor is yeah. in the dark or something of that nature. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the last five years. Um, I like. I want to say I don't want to give away any spoilers, but... Um, I think as we the get the biggest the show, spoiler really is given away at the beginning. Yeah. You know, I mean right away, um, and that's that's sort of what makes the show so great and unique, yeah. right? Um, just how did you first hear about the last five years? So this is actually I don't think you know this story. Okay. Um, so when I was an undergrad, okay. um, I was like, like I, I liked musicals and I was like kind of into listening to stuff. And the girl that lived across the hall from me yeah. was like, hey, there's this show called The Last Five Years, and it's like really cool because. The, the timelines like intersect the way that they do mm-hmm. um, and she was also really into um, oh my gosh I just lost it in uh, Spring Awakening okay which I like 
don't really know much about and didn't yeah. particularly care about at the time. But that's very much like that is the and like in the world that like musical theater people today are living in like the Jervin Hansen Hamilton world. I grew up in yeah. the like last five years like Spring Awakening title of show yeah. like revival of hair sort of world. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so she was like, I think you'd really like this thing. Um, and I never listened to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then I don't know how it came back into my life. Yeah. Um, honestly, probably in grad school you were did because at one yeah. point you gave me a lot of shows to listen to. Yeah. Um, and it was probably in that list, but the very first time I ever heard about it was in undergrad. But That's the girl funny. Across the hall was like, "Hey, this is a show I think you would really like." Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because one of my best friends, um, Nick, in high school. He was the one who introduced me to a lot of the shows I know today, and last year was one of them. Yeah. And he gave me he gave me a burn CD of the cast recording, and I listened to it in my car a little bit. And the first two songs that I became super obsessed with, the the second song I became obsessed with was Shiks the Goddess, mm-hmm. but the first song that I became obsessed with was uh, Climbing Up Hill because I loved the audition segment. Yeah. I thought that was the most clever thing that's ever yeah. existed in the history of the world. And that was that segment right there was the, that's why I can do it so well today. Cause I've had that memorized for more than a decade. Yeah. Um, and so I love it, love it, love it so much. And then that show the show has kind of come back because I listen to it every few years, yeah. um, <laughs> every five years maybe. Yeah. And when it does come back, I sort of rediscover like a love for a song that I pre like, a very long time went by before I actually listened to Goodbye Until Tomorrow slash I Could Never Rescue You. And so, like, when I re-listened to that song, that's when I was like, oh, this is a good song. Yeah. Uh, so every time I re-listen to it, I think, like, I, I, I find more love. Like, this time around, there was a song in particular that I didn't, like, love, love, but now I'm starting starting to grow on me yeah. a lot more. What song is that? Um, I think we should wait until we oh, do our, okay. our final, our, our favorite final moments and so on. All right, all right. Um... And then the, the other thing that I think it's important to point out, too, is that, um, Jess, you and I have a fun relationship with the show, too, yeah. because when you and I both did our summer internships between our two years of grad school, mm-hmm. we were both in the state of New York. Um, I was in uh, the Manhattan School of Music in New York City, and you were in Stony Brook on Long Island, yeah. just outside of New York. Yeah. And you came to visit me. Um, or and uh, we went to one of the practice rooms at the Manhattan School of Music yes. and sang through the entire score, which is just like such a good memory because I don't really have a lot of people in my life where I could like number one this show just lends itself to being yeah. able to sing through the score with one other person very easily, yeah. but like there's also just like not a lot of people I have in my life who know musicals in the way that I do where I could sit down and just say like if you look at lyrics and have a karaoke track do you think you could just sing through this like yep I think so and even if you don't know every song perfectly you can do most of it pretty well so that was great and then you and I did it recently um uh again in my in prepare for this in my house which was really fun um and then I have performed I've probably performed at least half of this cast album in various venues. Yeah. Um, some were successful, some were less than successful. Because once upon a time, you were you and I performed in Eastern's Got Talent at yeah. Eastern Michigan University. I performed Chicks a Goddess, which was an example of not knowing your audience. Yeah. Um, so I got eliminated in the first round. But you sang, was it um, Dear, Dear, Dear Future, Future Husband? Husband? And you made it to the second round. Yeah. And then you sang... That sounds right, yeah. It was either Titanium or Skyscraper. I don't remember. I yeah. Like no, it was Skyscraper. It was Skyscraper. Okay. But then um, but then you were eliminated, and then neither of us won. Yeah. But that's okay. I mean, I came in third, so. Well, there's that. And I got a, um, a little, like, 
certificate. What did it say? It said congratulations. Congratulations with, with a, a D. D. Wow, we love, yeah. we do love that. Um, it was my favorite thing. I have it still. It's hung up in my room. Okay. So I have some notes that I've been hiding from you because it's they're pretty clear from the get-go, so I want to turn this page. Okay. So do you think we should reveal whose team we're on right now? Absolutely. Okay, great. Do you want to, like, one, two, three, say it? Okay, yeah, I'm okay. I'm great okay. with that. Okay, okay. Uh, <sighs> and I'm just going to say the person's name. I'm not yep. going to say, like, team this. I'm just going to say that one yeah. person's first name. Yes. Okay. okay. One, two, three. Three. Jamie. Oh, thank God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, this is going to make it a lot easier because I don't want to yell. I'm probably still going to scream, but, like, this has been great because in order... Okay, I can turn my notes now. Okay, so basically, a couple things. Number one, I've been having discussions with other people in my life who are familiar or not as familiar with less of years to prepare yeah. for this most notably bradley and timmy mm -hmm. because timmy knows about the show because he watched the movie with me today which is his only introduction to it so he has a Rocket. fresh mind i know and bradley has known about it for a very long time yeah. and i've told both of them i need you to argue for kathy so i can argue for jamie and then I and then I switch. I say you need to tell me why Jamie's great, so I can say no. Kathy's great to prepare for this. I made a list. This column is why I'm Team Jamie. This is why I'm Team Kathy. The Jamie continues on the second page, <laughs> and there's nothing for Kathy on the yeah. second page. Um, and like, yeah. this is not going to be a like dump on Kathy shit no, show. No. Yes. Because I think yeah. the the point of the show is that both of them are at fault. Literally. What I wrote, look, I wrote at the very top of the page. These are both, both are flawed happy. people. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is the, the most important thing to know is, I am Team Jamie, you are Team Jamie. Yes. But both of them are flawed people. Yes. Neither of them is perfect. Yes. <sighs> okay. Yeah. So... I have some, dis the great point is I have some discussion points that I think would be really, really fun to talk about and then we yeah. can interject in there and then like as you think you want to start talking about things too, just like throw it in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So one of the things that um, Timmy brought up today that I think is a really fascinating concept is the last five years is told in a way where it is chronological for Jamie and time yeah. goes backwards for Kathy, right? Yeah. So... At the beginning of the show, we are introduced to happy-go-lucky Jamie, yeah. who, like, is only spitting positivity the whole yeah. time. Kathy is, like, like a sad mess, and, like, why would you want to be around yeah. that? Do you think that the chronology of this show lends itself to an audience member knowing nothing about it to automatically have a distaste for Kathy? I think that is an interesting take. I would say no. Okay. And here's why. I The first time I ever listened to this show, I listened to it in order. Now, I did not watch it, but I did listen to it in order. Understanding that, like, we were going backwards for Kathy and yeah. for Jamie. And I was so, like, team Kathy because, like, it sucks to have your heart broken. Sure. Until about halfway through when, like, particularly climbing uphill when I was like god you're annoying yeah god you're the worst mm -hmm. like and I think I would say I was like I was like team Kathy until about midpoint okay and then I was like okay Jamie mm -hmm. like you, like I get it like she's annoying and like no one wants to be around her understood yeah and then when you get to nobody needs to know that's when the conflict really hits for me mm -hmm. because hopefully everyone that's listening to this has seen 
has yes. knows what the shell is. Yeah. But that's when you find out that Jamie has cheated on Kathy. Mm-hmm. And there's a line um, in the very beginning of that song that's, come back to bed, kid, Kathy is waiting. Mm-hmm. And that's when, as an audience, you understand that he is not talking to Kathy. Yeah. And that, like, hit me like 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 a hammer to the chest. Yeah. In a way that I, like, just was not expecting. Like, yeah. that's the moment where you're just, like, really hit with the feelings. And I really was like, oh, my God, he is, like, the worst. And then you listen to it again, and you're like, no, she's terrible. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, because, for, for number one, one thing that I think is really interesting is that no, if we're thinking about, the, again, the way, like, I wrote out the show, if I was going to put it order in order of, like, how time works... I think that this order that you, audience you can't see, but I yeah. put it in front of Jess. I would say this is the order of songs in in like an actual chronological order. Yeah. Um, and I think what's interesting here is that nobody needs to know comes for comes before see I'm smiling because he says I'm off to put on my armor. I'm off to Ohio. Yeah. Back into battle till I don't know when, which is kind of a lie because he knows for a fact that he's going to be coming back sooner yeah. than Kathy wants yeah. him to. Um, but like he is getting out of bed with Elise mm-hmm. to then go visit his wife in Ohio, who's doing summer stock again, which yeah. is not what she wants to be doing, but it's the only like theater job that she can get that will hire her. Yeah. yeah. And I think like, I just assume that he goes to visit her more than once. And True. so I think like that is a question I've like gone back and forth is yeah. like, did they have this conversation and then he cheated on her or did mm. he cheat before they had that conversation? Yeah. Somehow I'm like, a like, le- like less mad at him if it's yeah. before they have that conversation. Sure. Um, and I think like, if there's like a, like Jamie is particularly supportive. Jamie is particularly yeah. like to almost to martyrdom. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's literally a whole song in the show, the Shmuel song. Yes. Is, the entire purpose of that song is I believe in you and, like, I need you to believe in yourself. Yes. Because, like, yeah. you're, you're, you will you will get there. Yeah. I'm here for you. Because, And then there's, yeah. if I didn't believe in you, same thing. It's like, listen, like, you are the person that's putting yourself in this mm-hmm. box. You are the person who's saying I'm not good enough. Yeah. I am here telling you, no, you are good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... I understand what it's like, what like what insecurities are, and I, sure. I get that. Also, to have someone that's so blindly supportive, and you to be unwilling yeah. or unable to support their successes. Yeah. Um, I really think the crux of my argument lives in nobody needs to know, because you you really that is where you, the moment where you hear Jamie say like, I, like I've tried, I have really tried. Mm-hmm. Um, I have tried to share my successes with you. I have tried to tell, like, yeah. to bring you along on this thing, and that's not good because you feel like, like less than. Um, I've tried to leave you out of it so you like have the ability to like grow on your own, but mm-hmm. then you feel left out. I like, there's no way to win. Um, and yeah. I think also in um, if I is it if I didn't believe in you, whenever he says I will not lose because yes, you cannot it's win, the end of that song. Yep. Um, like that kind of transition between those two Jamie songs, Mm -hmm. you start to see, like, Jamie's at his wit's end. He has, like, really, truly tried to be the best version of what Kathy needs. Yeah. And there's just nothing he can do that works for her. No. No, there's absolutely not. So one thing that I think is 
important to point out too is that although there's a lot of there's a lot of truth and there's a lot of ru- and also there's a lot of rumor and speculation but this musical is supposedly an autobiographical musical about Jason Robert Brown and the relationship with his ex-wife Teresa something yeah. who was also a performer mm-hmm. and Jason is not an author he's a, he's a composer but like close enough yeah. um and uh so i do think that number 1 this show being written in the perspective where like Jamie is the better character i do think there's like some explicit or implicit selfishness that was put into the yeah. show so that's that is important to point out um i also think that uh, the, the other fun fact is that um when teresa i forgot her last name saw or heard about the show she sued jason robert brown for violating their non-disclosure agreement within their divorce and then he countersued for like compromising his artistic integrity mm-hmm. and so what the settlement was is that they he got rid of a song called um I could be in love with someone like you, which he kept that lyric yeah. at the end of the Shmuel song. Uh, no, he kept it at the end of um, of, of of nobody needs to know yeah. and Shiksa Goddess, but it was replaced with Shiksa Goddess because there was a particular line in that song that talked about her being a brunette Irish Catholic, and that was like a little too representative yeah. of too Teresa, yeah. and so like that like so really not a lot changed. It's mostly he just rewrote that song. And turn it into Shiksa Goddess, but like yeah. the main melody and like chord progressions all still exist yeah. in the same way that it does. Um, but yeah, no, I think the, you bring up a really good point in that Jamie is exclusively supportive yeah. of Kathy, and Kathy is supportive in as much as she can be, yeah. but like there are documented moments within the show mm-hmm. where Kathy is trying to bring him down, yeah. is actively trying to make him either less successful or not his, not enjoy his success as yeah. much. And he, she comes back from, like Shmuel Song, she is clearly struggling in her job because she's getting rejected after rejected by not getting the call back for these auditions that she's going yeah. on. So he writes this Christmas story yeah. and, 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 tells this very long story this this song is like seven minutes eight minutes long and then at the end of it says and literally this story is about you and here is how it is applicable he uses what he is good at doing which is writing and ties it into his relationship which kathy i think now i'm trying to make sure they're not blinded too much by the movie because there are lots of lines thrown in the movie that are not in the show but like Kathy, at least in the movie, is very, like, ugh, you wrote another story. Yeah. Um, Literally, the line she says in the movie is, like, if I would have known there'd be so many stories, I wouldn't have dated a writer. Yeah. And you're just like, ugh. Uh, I know. Um, Which we can talk about the movie if you want. I just, like, we, we can talk about it a little bit, for sure. Um, I think, like, because we're still talking about the story, but obviously mm-hmm. I like to focus on the off-Broadway show. But the, um, it's, it's, yeah, there's just, like, there's just, he literally hands her here's a headshot guy and a new backstage yeah. where you write for something every page like get like maybe go out on a Limovich yeah. and, and 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 try and so I and think he also says in that song take your time yes right like like I believe that you can do this but that doesn't mean you have to do it tomorrow yeah like I believe that like this is gonna be hard and you're worth it and you should put that work into yourself especially because he's in a scenario where like dude is successful right yeah. this couple is not hurting for money right yeah. like New York is expensive and they're, maybe they're not living the most glamorous life in the world but like they're like they're in a place where yeah. Kathy can take her time like she can work at a bar at night and take her time and audition for shows and she will still have a place to live because she's in a supportive 
marriage. Are, are they? They're not married by Shmulsong no. yet, but like, but still, a supportive enough relationship where they live together. Where like, I mean, they're about to get married. Yeah, exactly. That's the next song, isn't it? But no, so, we got somewhere in Ohio, and then. Well, sorry, yeah. Jamie's next song. Yeah. But yeah, and so, um, so that's that. That is another thing where like you count your blessings, girl. Yeah. Well, and I think the thing that is particularly why I think Kathy is the worst yeah. is if you look at the order of songs, yeah. right? And I'm going backwards mm-hmm. now. See, uh, Summer in Ohio comes essentially chronologically right after they get married. Yes. And even in that mm-hmm. song, she's like already a little annoyed mm-hmm. with the relationship. And yeah. I'm like, girl, you just got married. Yeah. Like, this should be the happiest part of your relationship. Like, if you're already, like, not thrilled, like, we are in for a lot of hurt, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, she's clearly annoyed. Well, especially when they... When... what What is it? He, um... There was a moment in... So, it, I'm, I'm looking at all this. In a summer in Ohio... I have to look at the, I have to look at the songs chronologically because... Um, I'm looking at my list right now, which is not helpful. Um, maybe I think I'm gonna compare a part of that in summer in Ohio because yeah. in a part of that she that's after summer summer in Ohio. A part of that is before some well, well chron- I'm yeah. talking about in order of the show, yes, not yes, in order yes. of that not in Kathy's timeline. Yeah. In a part of that, she is at this point more fed up, right? Because it's closer to the end yeah. of their relationship, but she is at like parties she is hanging out with um like uh, like, yeah exactly and she's feeling a little bit of imposter syndrome because she's at these events where like she's not the only way she's a part of this world is hello um is by like being a mermaid but also (laughs) um but you know because of who she's married to yeah and she but kind of just shits on it the whole time like a part of that i think there's a lot of subtext in a part of that that is i'm a part of that uh, Literally, the lyric is, I'm a part of that, aren't I? Oh, yeah. Are, yeah. There's a lot of subtext where it's like, I'm a part of that, sure, but I wish this was happening to me, not my husband. Yeah. And in a summer in Ohio, the what you are getting, at least... Now, in the show, she's writing a letter, and in the movie, you see his reactions via Skype or whatever. So, like, it's a little bit easier to see. But, like... So, in the God, I'm talking about the movie, which I hate, but he's so obviously supportive listening to what she's saying laughing at her jokes like saying oh man that must suck because of that thing that you're doing um and 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 she but whenever whenever she's talking to him about his thing she's like well why doesn't this include me where do i fall into this i don't like that this is happening no one talks to me at these bars i'm just sitting in the corner like and and so that's yeah. I'm getting off track a little bit, but but I, but I think that that's fair and true. And I think everybody has the tendency to think, like, what about me? Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think holistically, uh, Jamie is is a more selfless person. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. Yeah. With a few large selfless acts, yeah. right? Um, or self, selfish acts, mm-hmm. I suppose. And so I think we, when you talk about Jamie, I think he is certainly flawed. But I also think there's a part of their relationship yeah. that he, people are human mm-hmm. and humans make mistakes. And I think, like, that, I mean, he, in Nobody Needs to, d- to Know, the lyric is, um, um, we build a treehouse. Uh, I keep it from shaking. I keep it, keep it from shaking. A little more glue every time that it breaks. 
perfectly balanced, then I start making conscious, deliberate mistakes. And I think that's the moment where you're like, oh, like, like he's done. Like mm-hmm. he can't deal with her anymore. Yeah. Um, and I do think that's a cowardly thing that he does. Sure. And I think like if we're gonna argue that like Kathy is right, I yes. think the thing that you can point out is Kathy is just like bad at being a person. Jamie is a, is good at being a person and is objectively a good person and makes choices yeah. to almost to hurt her deliberately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's the biggest argument I can make for Kathy. Well, in that same song, he says, I took a promise and I, or I made, I made a, a promise and I took a vow. vow. Right. He says that he is saying this almost maybe to Elise. Yeah. Like, right. He's saying out loud I am married to a woman. Mm-hmm. We are in a monogamous relationship, but I am having sex with someone else. Yeah. And he he's fully aware of what yeah. he's doing, making conscious, deliberate mistakes. Yeah. So, like, like I think that when I talk about um, uh, when, when when I think about these characters and everyone write them on a scale of one to ten, throughout this show, I would say Jamie is almost exclusively at like a solid eight. At, like in terms of like being a good person yeah. throughout the show up until he cheats on her and then he kind of plummets yeah but like he's up really really high for a very long time yes. and then it just like poof, crashes yeah. right kathy's at like a four and a half the, the whole, whole show time. right yeah. and so that that is where that like again i am not advocating for for extramarital affairs yeah. right i am not adv- i am not saying that jamie's choice that he made is correct because you know, we never hear about the rules of the relationship that Jamie yeah. and Kathy make, but we can we one make is, an assumption. One is like, yeah. one can assume that they are like a monogamous, monogamous heterosexual couple, yeah. right? And so, which is great. And so Jamie breaks those rules, but like Kathy was just like borderline bitch the whole time. Yeah, and and even at the beginning of the relationship. Well, and so what? This a lyric that I wrote down at the end of um, the musical. She writes, finally, he can cut through these strings. Like, like goodbye until tomorrow is, if you re-listen to it, it's an anthem of, I found someone that can make my life better because I need a relationship to make my yeah. life better than it is now. Yeah. And like, th- I might be taking this a little bit to the extreme, but it's, it's like, what I am searching for is codependency. And I think I have found someone with whom I can be codependent. Yes. And that, that might be pushing it a little bit. I understand that that can be hyperbolic, but like it's already kind of set up poorly from the get go yeah. for her. Now, Jamie does not start this relationship with the best intentions because Jamie basically says, you're not Jewish, that's good enough for me. Yeah. So like, I don't know that either of them start the relationship in the best way. Yeah. But, like, it's it's kind of... But, it's, I, but an- I do think one of the two of them, mm-hmm. and I think this person is Jamie, mm-hmm. starts it off, like, in a way that, like, could grow and change. Like, I think the, the you're not Jewish good enough for me is, like, pretty, like, it's putting, like, no pressure on the relationship. Yeah. It's saying, like, hey, like, if this works, great. If yeah. not, also great. Yeah. Whereas Kathy has... It almost immediately said, I need a man, and I, and that man is you, and we will be tied together forever. Yes. Like, she jumps there yeah, quick yeah. in a way that is, like, probably unhealthy. Well, I mean, they're, they're, they're really Kathy's 
we're gonna say second song in in, in t- if, if she was moving from beginning to end yeah. is I can, I can do, do better, better than, than that. that where she is using her previous friendships to say like well I can be better than them because she's immediately already comparing her significant other to others people's significant others that she has seen and past significant others yes and her own past significant other that's correct right and so there's there's already this like pressure. For yeah. Jamie to be great, and Jamie might not be feeling that pressure in this moment, right? And maybe he never, maybe well, I mean, he certainly does feel it at some point. But like, it, it's already, we're on our way to meet my parents, yeah. um, which again, like, you know, it's five years. That could that could have been a lot of months in between yeah. that, right? So, like, I don't I don't mean to say that that's too early for, um, for, to, for to, him to meet her parents. To me, I like but, feel like. Like, we're assuming they're getting married right in the middle of the five years. Yeah. But to me, it feels like the last bit of it happens pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, I feel like their marriage is, like, maybe two of the five years instead of two and a half or even a year Mm -hmm. and a half. You know what I mean? The the beginning up front part feels much longer. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though in the show, it's pretty much the middle. Yeah. Um, No, I completely agree. But, yeah, I, like... Okay, I have a question for you. Yeah. During the next ten minutes, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Jamie proposes to Kathy. Then she starts her, I am not always on time. Please don't expect that of me. Mm-hmm. And eventually, until she gets, I want to be your wife. But there's like a good 32 chunks, 32 bars there mm-hmm. or more where she does not say yes or no. Have you thought about this? Or have you thought about maybe, like, what's going through her head in the moment? Oh. Do you think that Kathy is about, is, like, maybe contemplating saying no? See, I always thought that was her vows. Oh, because they... Oh, really? Okay. Because she would say, I do, bef- like, like, in her order. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I was going to say you would say your vows before you say I do. Yeah, but the word I do is used frequently within that and used very well, right? Yeah. Um, I will never be complete until I do, which, yeah. which what, what he says beforehand. Um, it, God, it's so hard remembering lyrics previously. Yeah. Which we do, all, we have to do it all the time. But um, uh, I will never be complete until I do, meaning we're, we're referring to what he was saying before, mm-hmm. but also referring to the words I do yeah, when you actually say, get married, yeah. right? Um, I just, I always assume the... I am not always on time. Please don't expect it. Mm-hmm. Was a vow. Okay. Um, but like, I mean, I'm open to like. There's, I don't think there's a wrong answer there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, for the sake of the podcast and putting interludes, let's take a break. But I'm gonna stop the timer. And we'll come back. His eyes light up and deep within the ground, without a sound. A moment comes to life. I'm a part of that I'm a part of that I'm a part of that Um, We are a little over 31 minutes in Yeah So we have just under a half hour I think we're doing pretty good I think we are too I I have some more points that I want to discuss That I think would be great And then I'm sure you have more too Yeah Um do you think this show would be as successful if it was chronological for both of them? Um, I think that's an interesting thought. Yeah. I think part of the appeal of this show is that it takes the format and puts it on a 
its head a little bit. Yeah. So I think it loses that if it goes chronologically. Mm-hmm. I think you could certainly tell the same story from two different perspectives going chronologically. Mm-hmm. It would have to be formatted a little differently. Yeah. And I think, and I also think like musically it, it flows nicely in the order it is. If you ever like put the songs in that order that you have listed yeah. and listen to them straight through, um, it starts pretty happy and it ends pretty depressing. Yes. Which is like not a great way yeah. to like to watch a show. Like, like, like as far as like monetarily successful, I think when people leave your show like feeling depressed, mm-hmm. like that's not always like the best. Yeah. Move. I think that is a a, a, a a tactic that is is used and can be used well. Mm-hmm. But I also think like especially in musical theater, like you kind of want your audience to feel like like a little excited when mm-hmm. they leave. Yeah. So I don't know that it would be as successful. I think n- right now it has a little bit of like mass market appeal particularly yes. because of the movie but also just like in general because it, it it's a little funky and different i yeah. think it, it loses a lot of that if it's just like a sad five-year relationship story that mm-hmm. is told chronologically like i think i don't think it like lands in the world of like as successful because it's a little more forgettable yeah. i don't know what are your thoughts I think no, my answer to you is no. I don't think it would be as successful. But I think what it has going for it is these songs are catchy as fuck. Yeah. I get these songs stuck in my head all the time, yeah. even when I'm not listening to the last five years. I'll go, I'll go months not listening to this cast recording, and then someone will say something that's like similar to like a lyric, well, and, and I will get it. This song's so stuck in my head. Particularly for me yes there are a lot of lyrics about ohio yes yeah and someone will say something and i'll be like oh somewhere in ohio or um yeah uh there's um if i didn't believe in you he said something about like touring again back uh in ohio yeah like there's just like there's lots of mentions of ohio yes yeah yeah and so that that i i think it would be it would not be as successful but like the songs are so good but i think the because there are a million musicals about love yeah. stories, right? And now there aren't a million two-person musicals or yeah. even really, really small cast musicals. There are certainly some, but uh, this is this is just different on its own, particularly for whoever you cast as Kathy. I think that would be absolutely fascinating. Well, I think if you said, would this show be as successful if it was told completely backwards? Maybe. That could... That, that's interesting. Sure. That, that to me is the the way to do this and still and and not have this confusing timeline because there is a little bit of confusion it, particularly in um is it climbing uphill with or, a miracle that happened yeah yeah like it's like i don't really know which which timeline we're in and they mm-hmm. kind of blend together and it's a little confusing yeah um, so i think if you but i also don't think that really matters i think mm-hmm. if you go in either place yeah um and it's still effective and honestly like it probably does go in every place and climbing uphill is probably a song that kathy sings in between every fucking song yes because she's constantly like feeling like she's climbing uphill and doing these same auditions and singing the same song over Mm -hmm. and over and over again yeah um but i think if you told it backwards then you have you solve the problem of like leaving the theater feeling a little depressed yeah um and you can still tell an interesting story with that sort of gimmicky like timeline difference yeah but I think it's a smart choice to have them crisscross paths because yeah. then you can, you also can like just from a musical 
like musically, you can kind of juxtapose like happy song, sad song, happy song, sad song, yeah. which helps keep the audience like in it. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly does help them keep it. I think I think having the, the the happy songs in between, and the great thing is most of the sad songs are pretty engaging. I think yeah. the slowest songs in the show are still hurting and nobody needs to know. But everything else is, for the most part, it's either upbeat and happy, or it's I'm screaming because I'm mad. Yeah. I guess next 10 minutes is kind of slow, too, but it's like a love song, so I guess it's different. Yeah. But, yeah. Goodbye Until Tomorrow is like a little, falls in the same category as next 10 minutes, in my opinion. Sure, 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 sure. Um, it's yeah. like that kind of like lovey-dovey, slower song. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's certainly more uplifting than some of the other show. Do you want to talk briefly about the film? Yeah. Tell me your thoughts. So here's the thing. I have seen the film probably six or seven times. I own it. Yeah. Um, and I, I purchased it because I wanted to see it. And at yeah. the time, it was the only way to see it, you had to buy it. Yeah. Um, and then I watched it recently. Because it, it also, I do love that the film is pretty true to the stage show. Yeah, I mean, like, it, particularly the score. Like, yeah. there are very minor lyric changes. And most of the lyric changes are just to keep the movie PG-13. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think there, there's some pausing for some added dialogue. Yeah. And I think, like, I don't think it was a bad choice to make the movie. No, um, um, no. I, the, the choices that I am disappointed in are the ways that I'm going to phrase that, mm-hmm. is I think somebody should have, I, like, I do not think Anna Kendrick is, like, a bad actress. I don't think she's a bad singer. I just think someone directorially let her be boring. Yeah. And there are moments where she sings very even. Yes. And it's just like no emotion. She's singing exactly what is on the score, no more, no less. Yes. Yeah. And so I think that's like a thing that just like bothers me in general because like I know she can do it. You know what I mean? Like there's no world mm-hmm. in which like she can't act. Like, oh. and she, there are moments in the show, particularly in See I'm Smiling, where she does the thing that I wish. Betsy Wolf did on the cast recording and Sharon A. Scott on the cast recording where she gets angry and she like ugly cries and she screams at Jamie and it's not pretty to listen to and I like that's the thing that you want like that's the emotion that like that song needs Mm -hmm. and I was so like excited with that but then you get to like a part of that and it's just like E-bun. Yes. It's like staring catatonic yeah. out the window. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, girl, I know you can do it. Like, do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, and we've, I don't want to talk about cats for a million years. Yes. Um, because, like, we have lots of editions on that, and eventually we will discuss cats. Yes. Um, but if you are going to take a thing and put it in a different medium, you yes. better have a damn good reason to do it. Yeah. And I think a lot of times that damn good reason is money. Mm-hmm. This movie did not make money. I looked at the money figures today. Um, but yeah. I think there there are things that you can do like with cinematography and with like staging that you just cannot do on stage. Mm-hmm. And I do not feel like those things were like taken advantage of. Yeah, like they're editing techniques and they, like the the movement of time and things could move forward and backwards. Like there are just things that you could do that like would would elevate this from what it was and make it different. Mm-hmm. And instead they took the stage show and they put like a mediocre version in a movie. Yeah. And that that's my biggest gripe with the movie is and there are moments of it. There are mo- like Shakes of Goddess is a great example in the film. Yeah. Where like whenever he talks about like uh, Erica Weiss and yeah. all, all of the uh, like other Women. Um, Jewish women that yes. he's like seen, the like camera kind of 
pans out and the room gets dark and they're like literally all of these like women that he's like walking around and like saying hi to. Mm-hmm. And so like that is a that is a use of like camera work and like the ability to do stuff like that on film that like you you could do on yeah. stage. But like then you have to have what are you gonna do? Cast a bunch of girls for that song to stand there quietly? Like that doesn't make any sense. Yes. Um and, like, then you also get some of the dialogue, and you get some of the more, like, the, the wedding scene. You get that beautiful, uh, like, kind of gazebo. And yeah. Like, like there are just things that you can do. Yes. And there are just moments where they chose not to. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder how much it was based on the budget, because the movie had a $2 million budget, and it made $145,000 in the box office. So, like, movies have, like, cast certainly lost way more than that, um, because it also had a much larger budget. But, uh, so, this movie was definitely made at a loss. This was was a flop of a film. Um, So, and the $2 million budget for making a movie is not a ton, right? But you would think with a two-person, like, there are two people in this show. Yes, exactly. Like, you, you don't have to have any of those other people yes. to, like, make this effective. And a good yes. example of that is whenever Jamie's talking on the phone, in like a, he's, like, in a park somewhere, mm-hmm. um, or maybe on a bridge, I don't know. Yeah. Um, literally, you don't see the other person online. It's mm-hmm. just him talking on the phone. Yeah. And, and it's a good acting moment for Jeremy Jordan, is. too. Yeah. I, that's the other thing. I think there are a lot of really good acting moments for Jeremy. I think there are good acting moments for Anna as well. Per, like, mostly when she's sad. Uh, yeah, LOL. <laughs> like, Still hurting, like, like it gets yeah. you. Well, like, and and I think her face during "If I Didn't Believe in You" yeah. is really cool too because that is she just basically has to like look sad for five minutes, yeah. but she does it very well. Yeah, yeah. and th- I mean, I can point out a lot of moments where I love the choices that were made mm-hmm. by either one of them, but also I think they could have mounted that as, as a stage show, and it's it does not gain anything from being on film mm-hmm. other than the masses can see it sure. but there is value to that because like there are a lot of people i'm sure that would have no idea what the last five years was if anna kendrick was tied to it right yes and so i do think in in the same way that like for better for worse we're going to keep using cats but anytime any movie is made into a feature yeah. film there are you are then at least introducing it to people who did not know about it before yeah. or, or would not have known about it otherwise yeah. so as much as it is easy to shit on the film and i think there's a lot that the film gets wrong at the end of the day, I'm still happy that the film got made. Me too. Because if it means that the opportunity for you know actors in small towns to now do the last five years at their local community theater, yeah. because Jeremy Jordan and Anna Kendrick, particularly Anna Kendrick, mm-hmm. was in this movie, like then great, mm-hmm. right? That's very, very, very cool. Like as much as I wish someone. My little musical theater hipster heart only wants people to know the last few years from this, like the OOBC. Yeah. Also, if um, uh, uh, if someone knows about it from the movie, like I'm not, I can't be mad at that, right? Yeah. Well, it's similar to the rent conversation. I think you could talk yeah. about rent in a very, very similar way. Yeah. There are a lot of things that rent got really right. There mm-hmm. are a lot of things. That Really wrong. Correct. Um, I, I would I would almost argue that Rent got more things wrong with the movie than Last of Years did. But well, and, anyway, and, yes. sure. And I, there are certainly reasons for that. But yeah. a whole generation of people know what Rent is because of the movie. Like I am one of those people. Absolutely. Like yeah. I wouldn't have known. Um, I was in high school and that movie came out and I was like obsessed. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I was able to go back and listen to the ca- to like the cast recording mm-hmm. and like like learn more about it. And I yeah. think one of the things that not to like 
transition to Rent. But one of the things that I think Rent got right is they mm-hmm. didn't... It's a lot of the original cast. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. that that lends itself to a different thing. Sure. Um, we relied heavily on star power because, mm-hmm. like, yes, Anna Kendrick is, like, a movie star, but, like, Jeremy Jordan is, like, a Broadway star. Very much like, so. Yeah. Like, if there's, like, a person mm-hmm. that you know, a, particularly a male, a current male actor on Broadway. Like, He's, I would, yeah, I would say, because, I mean, male actors, just in general, aren't as well-known as female yeah. actors are. Um, but if you're going to say, like, who are the leading men of Broadway to, of today, today yeah. Jeremy's certainly on their list. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so I think, smart casting choice. Also, I think, like, they look good, they look good together. On yeah, like, yeah, they're they, a beautiful they couple. Sense. Totally. And so, like, I'm not, I'm not as mad at that. No. Um, and I do like the brief moments where Sharon A. Scott and Jason R. Brown are in the film, yeah. too. That's fine. I wish Norbert was in there somehow. But, yeah, yeah that's very, very cool. Uh, but, like, long story short, we could shit on the movie for the next forever. Mm-hmm. Next five years. <laughs> the next five years. Ah, you're so funny. Thank the um, uh, the one thing I do, the one thing I hate about the movie is, sorry, I, if, of many things, is the sad moments are gray and the happy moments are sunny. Yeah. Just, like, objectively, like, someone made a decision to just say, this is a happy song, the sun is out and happy. And literally, during the sad moments, even the sun might be out, but there is a gray filter over the screen that makes it sad. And to me, that's a little, like... Lazy? Yeah, lazy, and just, like... It's it's spoon-fed. You're, like, it's, it's literally, like, someone who was creating this film said, well... This timeline, the way in which we are telling the story, is too difficult for the common movie go- goer to grasp. Yeah. So if we put these happy and sad filters on it, they will have a better idea of like how they are supposed to feel during this, and not letting the consumer feel the emotion that they are like organically feeling as a result of the song that is being sung in front of yeah. them. Yeah, and I think like that's just an example of like bad lighting technique, like generally the goal of like good lighting is like no one notices it, and the fact that you noticed it means yeah. like it's not great. And, and there, are, I mean, there are a lot of things too where I think Timmy was pointing out today when we were watching it because this is Timmy's first time ever consuming it yeah. that I would say things like, during the la- during during the next ten minutes that scene begins with them holding hands walking down a path in yeah. Central Park then they have the whole song and then it ends with them holding yeah. hands walking down Central Park but now it's Kathy's yeah. side of the conversation um, when they're pointing out the different apartments yeah. and um, and Timmy was like. Yeah, but Dan, only you would notice that, you musical theater nerd. And I have to go back and, like, I have to try to put myself in perspective of, is that true? Am, am I, do I know, only notice that also because I know that it was originally staged on a boat, but it was the same conversation? Yeah. And in the, in the, in the other musical, Kathy is, is now on the boat as opposed to Jamie being on the boat at the beginning. Is it more obvious on stage than it is in the film? It's just, yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, yeah, that's the thing that I don't know that we can answer because mm-hmm. I also that is like you can't unknow things like yeah. that yeah um, and I also know the trajectory of the story like I I know how that song goes so I understand that like at the beginning of that song they're having a conversation at the end they're having the other side of the same conversation mm-hmm. um, but I, I think when you're taking art like this yeah and producing it for like mass audiences choices like that get made <laughs> and sometimes they're just made wrong mm-hmm. because Yep. I would argue that most audiences are smarter than directors or producers or whoever like, yeah. decide that they are. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And that actually leads itself into the next question that I have, which is how... Okay, I'm going to ask you a question, but I'm going to answer first. Great. So the question I'm going to ask you is how you would direct this production. Yeah. Um, because 
I, as a musical theater traditionalist, would want to stage it in a way that in my head it's meant to be staged yeah. I wouldn't want to throw in a bunch of ensemble members and yeah. like I, I think casting someone as a lease is stupid yeah. um, and that is my own personal opinion um, and, 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 and I think that when you are in a show where it is primarily solos you have to assume that your audience is going to get it and the best way to do that is to show that you understand it because if you are able to act the show in a way that you know every word that character is saying and why they're saying it, then your audience is going to be there with you on the ride as long as they are paying attention. Yeah. Right? Um, they might not get every reference to everything that you're saying, right? And you as the actor have the time to do the research and like, and you've yeah. been working with these words for so much longer. But um, I think that's part of what makes the show so, so successful as a series of solos is... Uh, is, is is particularly successful if the actor is very very good at what they're doing. Yes. Um, and so if I wanted to direct the show, I I would probably only ever like at least at the beginning of the rehearsal process, I would only ever want the actors playing Kathy and Jamie to be in the same room at the same time when we are rehearsing songs that they are singing at the same time. Whether it's um, a miracle would happen if you come home to, uh, when you come home to me, mm-hmm. or the finale, or or next ten minutes, or whatever. Yeah. But probably for the first week or two of rehearsals, I would say this is a Jamie night. Kathy, stay home. Yeah. And and then the next next you know every other rehearsal, then say this is a Kathy night. Jamie, stay home, and and, yeah. and vice versa. So, um, and then I and I don't like because I think of the original Broadway cast like Sherry was on stage during the Shmuel song, yeah. and she. You saw her back, and she was poorly lit, right? Yeah. Jamie was obviously the focus, yeah. but she was still there. And same thing with CM Smiling, right? Yeah. Jamie was on stage. You saw his back, and it was poorly lit, but he was still there. And I I don't like that. I like the fact that it is completely separate. What do you yeah. think? Well, and you and I have sort of talked about this, and I, I would... I know that originally it was like a clock on the floor and one went one way and one went yeah. the way. I would go more linear and I would start on the outsides of the stage and move in and play cross in the middle, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Um, I'm not opposed to them being at all the rehearsals though because I think it, if we're saying the story is real, mm-hmm. right? Like choices that Kathy and Jamie make, particularly at the beginning of the show for Kathy and the end of the show for Jamie, sure. are based on choices that the other one has made earlier in their relationship sure and so i think to like have an understanding of like where that other character is going like mm-hmm. coming from is is not flawed um i think you you certainly could say you as jamie need to like work through your own like character development but i think like that relationship is, is a two-person relationship and to like have those conversations about like how they're feeling in those moments yeah like to have a conversation about where Jamie is during See I'm Smiling, I think can influence the way that he then goes to sing Nobody Needs to Know. Things of that nature. So I'm I'm not opposed to the way that you would would direct it. I think that there's value in that, Mm -hmm. keeping them separate because then they're their own humans and they're not like over-influenced by the the choices. But I do think, to me it is clear that Nobody Needs to Know is influenced at least a little bit by things that Kathy has said in songs like See I'm Smiling or um, like Climbing Up Hill and things of that nature. Sure. Um, and particularly for the Jamie character, I think it is helpful to know how annoying Kathy is <laughs> because if 
if the person that's playing Jamie doesn't understand that like there's a whole other piece of this he just becomes this asshole that cheats on, cheats on his wife for no reason yeah. and like I think it's important for the actor to understand like all of these things that Kathy has done yeah. to get him to that point mm-hmm. um, and in the same way I think it is important for Kathy to understand how successful Jamie is yeah. and how his highs are so high sure. to influence her reaction to those things well okay so I love what you're saying because you are like you are slightly pushing back on some of the things that I've said and you are like making me rethink this which is in many ways I almost hoped that you came in here being team Kathy because <laughs> we could argue but like I'm so happy you're team Jamie because like <laughs> duh but um uh we, we've talked about doing the show together before, but, like, there's not really any dance except for, like, I don't know, the slow dance during the wedding, so there's not really an opportunity to choreograph. Yeah. But, like, this could be a really interesting opportunity where, like, and I wonder how you would feel about, like, we could certainly just, like, co-direct it and just, like, yeah. direct everything together, and yeah. that's just what we do. But there is an opportunity here, and I, we'd have to flesh this out so much more, it's just something that's forming in my head at this moment, yeah. where, like, I do the Jamie scenes and you do the Kathy scenes, or vice versa, or whatever. Yeah. But that could be, that could be really fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, that's just, like, a thought that I'm having in my head. Um, okay, it's 53 minutes. Yes. We have seven minutes left. Yes. We need to talk about favorite songs. I want to talk about favorite song, favorite Jamie song, favorite Kathy song, least favorite Jamie song, least yep. favorite Kathy song. And I also want to see, like, who would you want to be? Yes. Yeah. I, I, okay. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, favorite songs. Favorite Jamie song is If I Didn't Believe in You. Okay. Um, favorite Kathy song is... Uh, uh, <sighs> Okay, I'm making. I'm bouncing back between two, but I'm gonna go ahead and just say it out loud right now. My favorite Kathy song is "See I'm Smiling." Holy shit, that was so hard. Okay, so my favorite Kathy song is "See I'm Smiling." It, it has is. been. It okay. will, will be forever. Okay. I love that song. I love that Great. it starts pretty like soft and pretty, and it gets like aggressively angry at the end. And I yep. love. And there are some moments that I agree with Kathy. I think I think there are things that Jamie does, like not seeing the show, yeah. leaving that like leaving yeah. sooner than expected. Jamie's being a dick in some of these moments yeah. for sure. And I think that's the most redeeming you see Kathy mm-hmm. when she's saying like she's like that's the first time she has like tried. Yeah. When she's like, yeah. um, we're sitting here, see, like we can do this. Like mm-hmm. I put on this sweater. Um, and for me, like that's like the only time I like Kathy. Yeah. It's literally the only time in the show where I like give a shit about her at all. Yep. Um, and then my favorite Jamie song is Nobody Needs to Know. Okay. Because the lyrics in that song are in. They're so good. Incredible. They're really, really good. They're really well done. And they're And like cutting. props to Jason Robert Brown for not only writing truly impressive music, but also just, I mean, truly impressive lyrics. It's like that song, I mean, there, I could like list the lyrics where I'm just like, oh my God, like, I'm like, you just yeah. want to give Jamie a hug. And he yeah. literally, he is actively cheating on his wife and you still feel bad for him. Yeah. Like how? Yeah. How is that song? How does that song exist? Mm-hmm. And it does. Yeah. Um, it's true. What's your least favorite Kathy song? Least favorite Kathy song is probably part of that. Okay. Um, if I had to choose. Like, which is funny because it was the one that I talked about earlier that's growing on me because it is growing yeah. on me. But I've, that is just the song that I've just, if I was going to skip a song on the cast album, it would be a part of that. Okay. It's just the song that I don't care about. Okay. Um, what is yours? Um, Kathy. You do Jamie first. My Lutero Jamie song is ironically Shakes a Goddess. Um, <laughs> I, I get that it's a song that I performed probably to the largest crowd of any of the songs that I performed the song to. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, it's, like, I, I still like it, and I like most of Jamie's songs, but it's just the one that I'm least excited to sing, which is kind of selfish. Like, in terms of, like, an actual... Um, 
like artistic reasons for why I don't like the song. I don't have a ton at the moment. It's I'm just going off of pure of like what's going what I want to sing in my car, yeah. which is not a reason to choose these songs for your favorite and least favorite. But that's what I'm going with right now. What is yours? Um, my least favorite song for both of them is Goodbye and Tomorrow. I just oh, don't like it. the finale. Yeah, I don't like yeah. the finale. I think like I get it. I think it is smart musically. I just like. I don't know. I don't like okay. it. <laughs> no, that's fine. I like I like Kathy's belting at the very end. Uh, I will be waiting. I will be waiting for you. Yeah. I, I think I, it's great. I love that it ends the way the show begins. I really like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I just like, if there's a song I want to skip, it's that one and go right back to the beginning. Yep. Um, who would you want to play? Okay, here's the thing. Sorry, Kathy. Jamie. I want to be Jamie every time. I want to be Kathy every time. I get it. Like, Kathy is, I, I think... Like, I am Team Jamie. Jamie is correct. And even though I don't love a part of that, it, it, like I said, it's growing on me. But, like, if I could do this, if I had to sing this show a thousand times a week, I would want to do Kathy's songs. I just... Jamie has better songs. Kathy has better songs. Jamie has better songs. I love Kathy's music. I almost exclusively sing Kathy's I music. I almost exclusively sing Jamie's music. Because I have, I have my little app in my phone that changes the keys of songs, and I, I cannot tell you, particularly because of the show that I'm in right now where I'm driving a half hour there and back every yeah. night, um, I have sung through Kathy's repertoire over and over and over and over and over again in a different key because it's just so great. And the lyrics are stupid, and they're awesome. Yeah, I love I just, it. One, I don't change the keys for Jamie because yeah. he sings high for a boy. Yeah. Um, and I just, I love, um, like, I, we already talked about Nobody Needs to Know, but mm-hmm. I love um, Moving Too Fast is fun to sing. She's is. a goddess is fun to sing. Um, even, like, uh, what is it? Uh, the Right after they get married. Uh, Next 10 minutes? No. They, after they get married. Yeah. Miracle Would Happen. Miracle Would Happen. Yeah. That song is so fun to yeah, sing. Yeah, it is. Um, and, like, even... Uh, if I didn't believe in you, like those songs, like usually I love the bil- big belty, like fun numbers. And so summer in Ohio feels like the song that I would love the most in this show. Mm-hmm. But like, I, if you would have asked me five years ago, I yeah. probably would have said that that's true. And now I'm just like a little over it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. I've really like over listened to that. And I, nobody needs to know is my favorite song in the show. Followed mm-hmm. closely by See I Was Smiling, which is probably the only thing I'd be sad to not do if yeah. I was Kathy. But man, I like, I don't really care about still hurting. I don't really care. I, I don't want to sing um, Climbing Uphill because that audition part I will never learn. <laughs> um. Um, fun things that the listeners need to know in our final minute and a half. Number one, um, my final exam, my first year of college when I was a musical theater major was Nobody Needs to Know. Yeah. Got an A. Um, Look at you. I, I had a blanket and a black box and that was it. And I memorized all those fucking lyrics as a 19-year-old because I understood what that meant at the time. Um, and then the other thing that, oh, um, if you search for compilations of people singing, <laughs> see, I'm smiling, but particularly the and I moment toward the end, um, you will see, well, you'll see the full video of me of singing, see, I'm smiling if you try, but, um, I'm also in a compilation video and I'm very, very proud of that. One of the, I think one of the two men in that whole compilation video, it's a bunch of girls and there's some other dude at some point in the video <laughs> and then there's me, <laughs> but yeah, no, this is, this is. A show that I love for a very long time. It, it it's so great because it's you can sing these songs anywhere out of context and in context, and it's still great. Yeah. And I'm really happy that not only have I been able to sing with you a couple times, but also like, in the same way that like you made my gay little heart happy when we talked about vanities because yeah. I've loved that show and no one has loved that show, and I was able to get you to like it. Um, having this conversation right now is just so great because if you asked me ten years ago, 
if I'd be doing this, I would be like waiting for the next 10 years. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts in our last 10 seconds? I don't. I do want to give the next show, but I think that can happen after that. That, that can happen. Because now we're officially done talking about the last five, five years. years. <sighs> Jess, we did it. Let's go ahead and take a quick break, yes. and then we'll come back. I'll finish up this chapter and be out the door. I swear I'll be there soon, Kathy. Don't give up on me yet. I am so proud of you, baby You're doing what you never got to do before And I will be there ripe and crawling If fucking random house stops calling Don't lose faith, don't get down Don't despair I'll be We did it. We talked we, about it in less than an hour, and I'm so proud of we us. We accomplished the challenge that was set out in front of us. How do you, how do you feel that we talked about a musical in less than an hour, and does that influence how we talk on the podcast in the future for you, or are you like that was a fun time, but I want to go back to what we did uh, originally? I think I love that we talk song by song because if I'm a listener and yeah. I understand that like I mm-hmm. might be in the minority, that's okay. But like I. I want to hear someone talk about that very minute little detail yeah. that, like, I care about. Yeah. Um, and that brings me so much joy. Yeah. And when I listen to musical theater podcasts, mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. it's, like, a high, high level, not particularly deep. And, like, that's fine. But, like, I just, like, want to live in that world for a little cool. bit longer. Great. I'm here um, for that. Also, I understand that, like, these ones are long. And, like, they're not as approachable for everyone. That's okay. Um, so I think maybe we can, like, like... I think challenges are fun, mm-hmm. um, and I, I certainly do not want to talk about the show I want to talk about because <laughs> I think there's a lot to unpack. Okay, great. Um, but I think like worth trying again or trying a different version. Of. Sure, um, great. I I'm also here for that. think like maybe readjusting the format could be a fun challenge that we can do in the future. Sure. Um, but yeah, but it's I, but fun to play with it. But no, I'm like this was very very fun. Uh, but I think one thing that why I like about our podcast is that we do get into the silly details that only a select few people would like. And to quote a musical that I will eventually choose, um, title of show, mm-hmm. I'd rather be nine people's favorite thing than a hundred people's ninth favorite thing. Yeah. Um, and so uh, yes, if that means that discussing it for way too long is what that takes, yeah. um, then that is certainly great for sure. So and our nine yeah. followers listeners yeah hi friends yeah please reach out if you want us to talk about a thing yeah email dan yeah um and he'll yeah totally yeah. you can find me on instagram um at, at dan.coolman that's at dan.k-u-h-l-m-a-n yeah. um and we will probably talk about it because like that'd be fun to hear from people that that'd listen. be super fun we can move forward eventually with we could get like a real gmail we could get like a real <gasps> oh my gosh. um if we Patreon, get 15 we could do. listeners yeah <laughs> exactly um, okay, so we're moving on to our next episode. Jess, why don't you explain what makes our next episode so special? Oh, um, so uh, we have a friend. She choreographed um, a couple shows you were in mm-hmm. and a couple shows that I was in. Yep. Um, we love her dearly. Her yeah. name is Lexi. Yeah. Um, and I was talking to her, and she was like excited to like maybe come on and discuss something on the podcast. Um, and I said, oh, my God, absolutely. Yep. You pick the show. Um, and she said, oh, I don't know what to pick. And I said, you can pick anything. Sure. Um, 
And so she has picked the next show, um, okay. and I will like host, and then she can come and talk to us. Great. Um, which I'm excited to hear her take. Also, I don't know this show very well, so I'm oh, excited to learn great. things about okay, it. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Um, do you have a guess? I, I mean, I know Lexi pretty well. Lexi choreographed me for the first time in Greece. Yeah. And then she choreographed me in Gypsy. And then she started to choreograph us in White Christmas mm-hmm. before White Christmas got canceled due to COVID. Um, and she just an all-around phenomenal dancer. Yeah. Uh, and just, just per- phenomenal Just person. performer. Yeah. And, and, like, a nice person, too. <laughs> and moving to New York soon. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm trying to think of the shows that Lexi loves so, so much. I assume it's a dance show. Or is it not? Honestly, I don't know enough about the show. Then no, I don't I don't know. I can't think of it offhand. Alright, I will tell you then. Tell me. Lexi has selected Town. Oh god. Okay, because I know she saw she saw Hades Town on Broadway yeah. and I know she liked it. Yeah. Okay, that's funny because Hades Town also lives in that contemporary theater kid world yeah. where like you and I are removed enough from that now where like I I was not an immediate Hades Town stan. Yeah. But I guess we're going to become one now. Yeah, because yeah. I... Now, I know a little bit about Greek mythology, but, like, certainly not enough to yeah. be scholarly about it, so... Um, and I'm hopeful that I'll like Hades Town um, because, to me, it feels a little like Great Comet. Okay. Um, I, yeah. I understand that it's, like, not, but, like, sure. tonally, and I think... And I love Great Comet. I love that, like, mm-hmm. like really deep, like digging into the mythology kind of situation. Well, what, Amber something? What yes. Is, what was Amber her name? Amber Gray. Amber Gray is, is, was yeah. nominated for yeah. Hades Town. Yep, um, yep. And I know it's like a little more like growly and not as pretty and uh-huh. it's a little industrial and like yes. there's some like really cool things about it. So I'm excited to talk about it. Um, and I'm excited to learn things about it because yeah. I know like nothing. No, I know nothing because there are two there are two cast albums. There's like the original cast and the Broadway cast. And I listened to the ori- original cast, original cast, which was I don't know, if Off-Broadway or Off-Broadway or Out of Town or something. Yeah. And I just remember being like, "Eh." And people are obsessed, obsessed. with this show. Yeah. So like I mean, I'm I'm ready to drink the Kool-Aid and get on the train. Well, and I think that's the other reason it reminds me a little bit of Great Comet is like Great Comet is one where you got to listen to it 12 times before you like get it. Yeah. Um and I have sort of listened to Hades Town and I didn't like get it right mm-hmm. away. And I the payoff on a show like that where you really have to like dig in. And then you like become cuz that's how I feel about Great Comet is like yeah. it took me a long time and I didn't care about it at first and then when I cared, I cared about so, it, yeah, so much, uh-huh. yeah. And this will be fun because there's a lot of things, particularly based on what the, what what the show is based on. There's mm-hmm. a lot to learn. So, yeah. cool. Well, until then, goodbye until tomorrow. Goodbye until I could never rescue you. <laughs> All right. Bye, Dan. Bye. Just.